2: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland.
0: Heidi ho, old chap. <laughs> Very nice. So uh, we wanted to talk about steampunk. And uh, one of our sister podcasts, Pop Stuff, has, has uh, addressed steampunk. But we thought we would talk about steampunk as well because we're doing this whole series of episodes about technology that you reinvent in, a, in some way so it, it is different from what it originally was. Correct? Right. And right. and steampunk is, is sort of an aesthetic approach to that. It's And it's not... Confined solely to technology. In fact, uh, you would argue, I, I would argue that it originally was a, a literary genre or oh, yeah. subgenre. Mm-hmm. And so, let's kind of talk about what it is before we get into any steampunk hacks that we have seen and enjoyed on the interwebs. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So you're familiar with some of the um, the forefathers of modern science fiction. Wait, like, there are four. Might, there's many more than that.
1: Oh, you um, said four.
0: But right, well, it's F O R E. So, Jules Verne. Right. Jules Verne, very famous author. H.G. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wells, another one. Yes. Jules Verne and H.G. Wells together produced a lot of work that kind of serves as a an inspiration for the steampunk movement.
1: Yes. And if they had actually worked together, around the world in eighty days could have been accomplished with a time machine, and it wouldn't have taken yeah, nearly it was, it was as long.
0: Around the world yesterday. Yes. <laughs> like, so, uh, sorry, so, but the time machine didn't it only travel in time, but not in space? Wasn't that its thing? Anyway, so the the uh, the dun dun dun. Yeah, so you'd have to have it on the on the balloon, I guess. Mm. Nothing bad could happen from that, right? <laughs> so, so the 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 aesthetic that Jules Verne and H.G. Wells kind of set is sort of what ad- creates the foundation for steampunk. Steampunk, in general, takes a very Victorian-era uh, approach to technology. Yes. The idea is, what if, during the Victorian era, uh, uh, tinkerers have been able to build some of the more complex electronics and machinery that we have at our disposal today, but with that Victorian aesthetic and the materials that they would have used during that era. So you get a lot of stuff with copper and brass and uh, and and sometimes things like vacuum tubes and stuff like that, although that's vacuum tubes really are post Victorian. But anyway, yeah. you get you get the lots of wood as well. A lot of a lot of these materials that you would find in Victorian furniture and things like that would be incorporated into this sort of uh, technology of this this fictional world, this world that could have been but wasn't.
1: So, yeah, the Victorian era that we're talking about is is the late 19th century.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we you know, around mm. the 1880s, uh, there's a lot of different literature that came out around that time, 1880s, 1890s, uh, that. That, uh, that really influences the steampunk aesthetic. So some of right. it is, some of it is stuff that H.G. Wells and Jules Verne were writing. Some of it is stuff like, uh, uh, Sir Arthur Clinton Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes stories. Yes. That, that definitely influences a lot of the steampunk aesthetic too. It's not just technology, it's a lot of different things, but it's, it's that feel, especially the feel, uh, that you would associate with something like London during this era. Although steampunk, I would say steampunk is kind of uh, very much an English influenced, um,
1: or uh, aesthetic or movement, or at least Western European.
0: Yeah, and the reason why I say English is because a lot of the steampunk stuff I see is based off Victorian fashion or colonial fashion, the stuff that was done during that late nineteenth uh, century colonial era, like in in uh, in India. So right. you'll see uh, a lot of steampunk that takes design elements from that as well. Uh, but the the idea of creating this sort of science fiction world based on the Victorian era of technology is a little more modern. I mean, the, the, their inspiration comes from writers that were writing around that era, but later writers really kind of brought that back up, like uh, William Gibson and Bruce Sterling, mm-hmm. who wrote The Difference Engine, right, which kind of brought this aesthetic into... Uh, the idea of, well, what if we take this basic form of technology and then go a different evolutionary path than what we actually in reality took? Mm-hmm. And so this created this sort of idea of neo-Victorian, uh, technology. And you really, you think about You would have advances in certain areas but not advances in others, and it's really arbitrary Mm -hmm. where those advances are. So, for example, in a steampunk world, you might have the equivalent of personal computer devices, even handheld computer devices, although they'd probably be clunkier and made out of different materials than what our current ones are. But you might not have airplanes. Right. Because the blimps and dirigibles are incredibly popular with the steampunk crowd. Yes. It's this idea of this uh, sort of uh, world of of luxury and uh, everything's a lot more, uh, takes up a lot more space than what we're typically used to. But I think the person who really kind of nails why the steampunk aesthetic is so uh, compelling to certain people mm-hmm. is Mark Frauenfelder. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. was a... a He's the editor-in-chief of Make Magazine. Yes. And was the co-founder of Boing Boing. Yes. And he says, uh, The the Victorian era was the great age of the amateur, where non-professionals could contribute to the advancement of science, and because these amateurs were most often well-heeled gentlemen, great emphasis was placed on ornamental beauty in their equipment. So the idea here is that the average person with with the right education would be able to make advances in science and technology, right whereas today you're talking about really specialized really advanced fields right
1: yeah
3: mm-hmm. it
0: it feels like you have to be part of a much larger project often in order for you to make a big impact in those areas. It's not entirely true, but it's more true than not mm-hmm. so the Victorian era was a time where you could be on the cutting edge. You could be an average person with a good education and be on the cutting edge of science and technology at that time, and thus be able to make your own impact on it. So that is one of the reasons why it's so compelling. Uh, uh, also, with the emphasis on ornamentation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's funny that you would bring that up. Why is that? Well, I mean, one of the uh, now uh, one of the things that you'll find if you start looking for. Steampunk in a search engine on the computer. One of the first things you're going to find is uh, clothing. Yeah. There are lots and lots of, of, uh, well, I mean, existing clothing that, you know, I'm sure that people are really excited about because they really wanted to make lots of bowler hats but couldn't figure out why. No one would buy them or top hats anymore, and yes. all of a sudden they're going. Ooh, now Steampunk we have a Steam has Pum- really Pum-
0: increased the demand for certain articles of clothing: yes, gloves and, and oh, yeah. vests,
1: vests and, and uh, pocket watches. Oh yeah, those pocket watches are crazy.
0: And and some of these pieces of clothing don't necessarily have any uh, added ornamentation to them. They may right. very well be essentially a Victorian costume, right? But uh, then you would might have accoutrement, which makes that go beyond a. A period costume and turn it more into steampunk.
1: Yes, for example, uh, goggles seem to be uh, yes, extremely popular. Well, they you almost
0: know, a requirement with the steampunk costume. Um,
1: yes, and I'm not making fun of anybody who who does steampunk and, and likes goggles. It just seems that they're ubiquitous, and it's not uh well, you think about the the early people who were driving or flying no, um they wouldn't have a windscreen
0: necessarily yeah
1: so you you'd see the the you know they'd have their uh their driving outfit where they had the gloves and the hat with the uh the goggles to keep the dust out of your eyes mm-hmm. uh very necessary but the funny thing and i i I find this amusing but not uh again not in a making fun way, just sort of a uh well that's kind of funny yeah. sort of way um the people who some of the people who do uh who dress in the steampunk fashion embrace the uh uh the clothing will you know use unadorned goggles just sort of the same kind of thing but i've seen others that have uh really modified them with uh, brass fittings and right, right. uh flares and things that you know really make them stand out and they're they're very large and it's just it's kind of amusing to me cuz i'm going Wow, you're really going out of your way to draw attention to the goggles. Well, and they might and, they might uh, have a atta- kind
0: of They might have attachments where they have different uh, filters, like it or makes it smoke glass. Front. Exactly, yeah. yeah, like a like a magnifying lens that you can Flip you can down. swivel in yeah. or out of the way. That's cool. Well, yeah, it's it's uh, and again, there you have the idea of well, the practicality would be if you are a tinkerer, then you would have this magnifying glass so that you could see the very small intricate parts. Sure, you're, you're doing all this work with your hands, at least in theory. Right. You know, now a lot of the people who are into steampunk do not necessarily make their own gear. No. But the folks who do uh, take a lot of pride in it. You know. Oh, sure. Because again, these are works not just of, of technology or costume, they're works of art. You know, there's there's artistry that goes into this. Although there are those who will say that, you know, there are plenty of people out there who are into steampunk who what they'll do is they'll get a costume, they'll throw on a pair of goggles they might wear a necklace that has a gear on it, and boom, it's steampunk. <laughs> uh, then there are others who who will go into great uh, detail on their costumes and incorporate these really intricate pieces of equipment, and even come up with very uh, uh, whimsical names oh, yeah. for for the things because you know they're they're using that Victorian naming convention where it's almost like Lewis Carroll has named all of their items. Right. Where it's it's this odd. You know, nothing is nothing is a simple device. They're all going to be uh, uh, adorned with these very elaborate names. Um, like, for example,
1: instead of saying a computer, you might say that it is a uh, manipulator of random information, right. or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know the. <laughs> The, or you it's some variation on the difference engine because they're sure actually that's a sure. good example to say if you've ever seen an a picture of the replica of uh Babbage's difference engine, yeah, people have actually built the difference engine mm-hmm. uh it's this massive device made out of brass and and other metals, and you see all these gears and things that you turn, and yeah, that's how you work this this difference engine that speaks a lot to the aesthetics of that Victorian era where you've got, you know, it doesn't need to look sleek. It it can look complica- complicated and even bulky, but it's done in such a way that it's uh, emphasizing the aesthetic, not, you know, it's not. It doesn't look like a big clunky piece of equipment, ideally, mm-hmm. uh, unless that was, of course, the intent from the get go. But yeah, um, uh, if you if you look up these devices, you'll often come across names that are just, uh, uh, you know, really tongue twisters. And and you know, there's usually an ether thrown in there somewhere. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it uses it uses the ether, this this nebulous source of energy.
1: Um, One. Uh- one really cool thing about steampunk, and it it could be frustrating for somebody who's getting into it, um, who may need a little bit more um, structure, is that unlike other um, hobbyists and cosplayers and and you know groups of of that style, um, you don't have like a, a Star Trek universe or a Star Wars universe or a Lord of the Rings. You don't have something that tells you. What is and what isn't steampunk? So, for example, you have somebody who dresses in uh, Victorian garb and they are speaking, uh, you know, English with the uh, the verbal expressions that they might use yes, in the, 1880s. The
0: vernacular of the time. Yes,
1: the vernacular of the time. However, uh, they might have a uh, they might use a computer with brass fittings and uh, ornamentation on the front. Or they might carry ray guns uh, of of the Buck Rogers, uh, talking like old style Buck Rogers, you know, with the big bulgy stuff and the big uh, uh, knob on the uh, on the shooting end. Yeah. uh, So it it could be anything could be steampunk because there's not you're not having to go, well, that's canon or that's not canon. So it could be kind of anything you want it to be.
0: Yeah, if you, if you look at, um, like, you know, Weta, kinda. you know, Weta Industries, Weta the, yes. the, the uh, effects company science that did,
1: fiction effects
0: yeah, and stuff. Yeah. They did the, they did a lot of the props for yeah. the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. Um, they have a division called Dr. Grodbort's. Uh, and it's uh, Doctor Gordbort's ray guns, essentially, yes. and these are they make these very are, expensive ray guns. Yes, yes, <laughs> beautiful devices. Oh, yes, but these are all designed after that old science fiction um, uh, aesthetic, which definitely is related to steampunk, but is not necessarily.
1: It uh, is and isn't steampunk. Yeah,
0: because because some of the ideally the steampunk type stuff should look like it's technology that runs on Victorian era resources, right. thus the steam. You know, right. The steam power being far more uh, common than other forms. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected.
3: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
0: Now, there are other forms of, of this punk aesthetic, too. There's diesel punk.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention that you had done something on that. Yeah,
0: diesel punk is, is a slightly later era. It's usually like World War One era. Technology aesthetic. So the aesthetic is different. The, you know, and you would argue that the, the, whatever's running the technology is a different source of energy, but uh, it's the same sort of idea that you're taking this aesthetic from a different time period and applying it to modern day clothing, electronics, all sorts of stuff. I have an example that I wanted to mention, something that I thought was really clever in the sense that a lot of the steampunk projects you'll see are not just beautiful but are also uh equally um impractical
3: <laughs> yeah
0: but but they're impractical on purpose they're not you know its practicality was not part of the design element so one of those is what uh it's, it's a project that was created by John Knight as in uh uh, uh let's get up on a horse and have a squire knight uh he created something that he calls the electromagnetic geospatial globe and remote view with obligatory goggles <laughs> See? The See? You know, goggles have to be in there. But this is uh this is his version of Google Earth. <laughs> and what it is what it what he can do is he runs Google Earth on a computer and this globe, this it looks like a big brass globe mm-hmm. uh is hooked up to the computer. So as he uh moves a, a little uh uh indicator on the physical globe, mm-hmm. the virtual globe on Google Earth Will turn and uh, show whatever point is in focus on his indicator on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it's a way to navigate Google Earth using a physical globe. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of an interesting um, approach. It again, not necessarily practical, but definitely very visually arresting, very pretty. Uh, there are a lot of really. Well-known artists within the steampunk world. Uh, two of them I wanted to mention in particular, although there are lots and lots of them. Don't yeah. don't think that you know these are like the end-all, be-all. But uh, one of them in particular is known for his his work uh, as uh, as sort of a, a pioneer in the steampunk physical, let's make stuff space. Yeah. And that's Jake Von Slat. Yes. Uh, Jake Von Slat has done lots and lots and lots of, of projects where he's taken either modern day technology and, and put new stuff on it to make it have a steampunk sort of aesthetic or has actually built steampunk style devices from the ground up that do something that a modern device could do in a totally different way. So he's, he's taking both approaches where he's altering something that exists now or building based upon the old methods of building. Right. Um, he, he was
1: featured in, uh, in make magazine actually yeah. a couple of years ago.
0: And I, I have an article on the site, how steampunk works. And I, mm-hmm. I have some of his work on there as well. Uh, he has a website called the steampunk workshop. Yes. Where mm-hmm. he actually shows you, if you want to build your own steampunk devices, he has uh, do it yourself guides on how to do them. Now, For people who want to get into this, you have to be really comfortable with using things that allow you to work with metals. Soldering is really important. Uh, uh, you might need, you might need access to special tools to be able to work metals in a way so that you can shape them and, and, uh, not just metals, but wood as well, all sorts of materials. So, uh, you're, it's for someone who has like a workshop space that has, uh, the, ability to use or the access to use these sort of tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily something that you can do, just, you know, go home and fire up the website and, like, oh, well, cool, I'm going to make my uh, own steampunk laptop now. Because a lot of this involves uh, finding things in, in curiosity shops or uh, antique shops or or even like, you know, uh, there used to be a shop near where I live that sells all sorts of old uh, cabinet fittings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you could go to a place like that and sort through it and say, "Oh, this has the look that I'm going for," and you take that and you might repurpose it for something totally different. Like instead of this being a a, a cabinet handle, it's going to be the corner, the top left corner of a of a computer display. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, you have to be able to you know, m- manipulate that metal in whatever way. You may have to trim stuff off or reshape something. So you you may need some special tools for yeah. a lot of these DIY uh, projects, but he he actually goes through what he does to to build out these things. And another uh, pretty well known artist. In fact, I, I remember seeing some of his work uh, in the sci-fi series Warehouse 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Warehouse 13, you know, you've got these these interesting pieces of technology that are inside Artie's uh, office. Where he's got like a, a computer that has these old typewriter keys instead of regular keys. Those were built by a guy named Richard Doc Nagy, also known as Datamancer. I am. And Datamancer has done some really amazing work with custom keyboards, laptops, uh, desktop computers. He's really created some neat stuff, and not just in the steampunk aesthetic. He's mm-hmm. also branched out. He he did some in a sort of an art deco inspired approach as well. So he's. He's tried a couple of different things. Uh, He takes commissions, um, and his work is really, really labor-intensive. So they are expensive things to buy. Oh, yes. But on the other hand, these are devices that are made by hand uh, from materials that are more expensive than plastic. So the expense is in... Not just the labor, but also the artistry that goes into it. So, you know, you might sit there and think, oh my gosh, that's a $1,200 keyboard. I can't spend $1,200 buying a keyboard for my computer. But then you think, all right, when you factor in the materials that went into it, how much time was spent for him to track down all the different stuff that he used to make it, and also just the hours of of work that he puts into it. Then you start figuring, okay, now it's it's a work of art that I'm buying, not just a uh, a functional piece of technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are, there are people who, uh, actually make their living, uh, modifying people's living spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a modern Victorian, which is at modvic.com and they basically remake people's homes into steampunk like environments. Um, you know, wood burning stoves and, um, you
0: know, uh, portholes and things that you might see. Yeah, big, out of the Nautilus, big, uh, big gears that you would turn in order to open a door instead of a regular doorknob.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, just that that kind of thing. And if you've got the uh, either the ability to do it yourself or the wherewithal to pay someone who knows what they're doing, um, you you can do that too. But uh, just the. In- the creativity that that's involved in doing that, and uh, even even something as simple as you know the keyboards that you see with the typewriter keys instead of uh, computer keys, um, it's just kind of fascinating. I saw a um, uh, one computer desk that had um, uh, pipes behind it, or you know at the back, where it made it look sort of as the uh, as though the computer were sitting in as part of a uh, uh, pipe organ, and it was just kind of
0: cool the uh, the idea behind that. Working remotely.
3: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at Fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
1: Um but yeah, I mean these these are all I mean, there's there's no uh large company that I can think of that that makes this stuff in in uh amounts that make it would make it cheap uh for the average person to own one of these. You yeah. know, this is all done by hand, but you know, you can also say, uh, you know, it's it's done custom work. Not everybody is going to own something like this. Yeah. Um there are a lot is, of
0: one of the kind pieces out there.
1: Yeah. And it is also an opportunity for uh for you know the uh the casual hacker to maybe try uh his or her hand at something like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, this Dude, is, you
1: know, there are plans and, and, and things like this, and, and not all the projects are super complex.
0: And that's that's sort of, again, that's the whole point that uh, uh, that was made about the appeal of Steampunk in the first place, is yeah. that you are creating something that's much more personal to you. You know, it's not this mass-produced piece of technology that looks exactly like every single other version of that particular device. Right. Right? Like, every iPhone... Like every iPhone 4 looks like every other iPhone 4 until you put like a skin on it or put a case around it or whatever. But you know, on its own, they all look the same. And it's this, ma- this approach to mass manufacture that has created cor- sort of a homogenized approach to technology. And this is kind of a rejection of that saying I want something that has more personality to it. It's yeah. just that this is a personality that evokes a very specific feel and era. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because every year that passes, I think, okay, steampunk has got to – like that that fad has got to be on the the decline by now because – uh, there are artists who get into it and they're really, really active in it for a couple of years. And then some of them are saying, you know, I really want to do other stuff. I, I I had fun with that. It was great. Yeah. But as an artist, I want to grow. So I want to try different things. So I often expect to see that kind of trickle down to the general uh steampunk niche. Yeah. Uh, like I was going to say general public, but really <laughs> steampunk is a very specific niche of people. Um. But so far that hasn't really happened uh we'll have to uh keep our eyes open because i mean i find it a very compelling aesthetic myself i really do like the look of it and uh and and it does have an interesting um impact on me emotionally when i see something that's been really well designed and a very clever design because well designed and clever again doesn't necessarily mean that the device is practical sometimes the more impractical it is the more enjoyable it is. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, it's a it's a human thing, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I I am fascinated by all uh, alternate histories and uh, anachronisms. Um, you know, it 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 you, the what ifs, if you will. Yeah. Um, and just to imagine the uh, like the the what if you know you have a steam steam powered world with the internet. You know yeah. how how could those things go together? You know, handwriting messages and sticking them in pneumatic tubes.
0: Right, you know. right. <laughs> <Boop>. Yep. <laughs> yep. My you know, my dad started writing a science fiction novel uh, that was based in a steampunk type world. And um, uh, sadly he it was one of those projects that never they never completed. Yeah. But it was funny because when he was writing it, it was before steampunk had really become a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like there were some examples, early examples in the genre. And I think, uh, had he, had he completed it, it would have been one of the, um, it certainly would have been an interesting addition to the library of, of literature that supports this genre. Uh, of course we'll never know because it's, I mean, maybe one day he'll go back and finish it, but by then it's going to seem like he's, you know, following a trend as opposed to being on the forefront of it.
1: At least it's not another vampire book.
0: It's, you know, it's fine. You mention (laughs) it's the steam powered vampires. Really? sparkle. No, not at all. (laughs) Not even a little. It's a steam-powered vampire that sparkles in the daylight, but he gets invited to go to a wizard college. No. With werewolves. (laughs) With werewolves. Right. I wonder how many more I can fit in there. Uh, There's a Chicago detective who's also a magician who shows up. No. Uh, None of this is true. And there's Um, a good
1: cop and a bad cop.
0: Right. (laughs) and the bad cop is three days from retirement um, <laughs> uh, no we're going to stop throwing in random references now no but he really did have uh, a fantastic idea and I, I got to read the early chapters and I was really excited and I was very sad when that project fell through but anyway maybe one day that'll happen that's neither here nor there I'm going <laughs> to conclude this podcast on that note so guys uh if you have any suggestions for topics we should tackle in the future let us know or, or, us, or
1: in the past in, in an the imagined past. past right
0: in, a, in an Alternate present, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Write our real-world, this-is-it email address, techstuff@discovery.com, or contact us on Twitter or Facebook. Our handle at both those locations is techstuffhsw, and Chris and I will talk to you again
3: really soon.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry.